the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 140 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend with us. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. I'm on Twitter at JustinHughes365, and Andrew is there at 8MCQ82. And on this episode, we're going to humble ourselves. Um, Andrew and I are going to talk about three guys that each of us got wrong this year. Maybe we were too high, maybe we were too low. We'll share some of our misses to you and what we think of these players now. After that, we're going to discuss some streaming options for next week in a him or him game. We've got a couple call-ups that happen that we'll discuss too, and hope you enjoy. Uh, let's get Andrew on. Andrew, you've done really well in your leagues this year. Was it hard to even find three guys given the year you've had? No, not really. I probably could have found more. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of players, so there I probably are a lot. could have found more. And I guess if you're in 37 leagues like you are, it's easier <laughs> to find at least three guys. <laughs> yeah, so, it was. There was a couple pretty obvious ones, and then I could have done more, but yeah, stuck to three for this. Okay. Well, let's get started. Uh, you we had three misses. We'll go through them back and forth. Figured we'd start with you. Who was your? Who would you? Who are you wanting to tell us about first? So my first guy, uh, probably when on opening day, he was my most owned player. And that would be Miguel Vargas, ADP of 222. I was typically drafting him in like the 160 to 200 range. So like the high end of kind of the range he was going in. Uh, I mean, he was coming off a year where he slashed 300, 400, 500 in the highest level of the minors in a great organization, uh, 18 homers, 17 steals between the major or the minors and majors. I mean, only a little bit of that was in the majors right at the, at the tail end. But um, yeah, I mean, I kind of just saw a multi-eligible player that was going to get playing time. It seemed like they were carving out a spot for him, obviously on the Dodgers, and he he's just been pretty bad. I mean, they even demoted him <clears throat> right before the All-Star break. But uh, since he got sent down, he's seven for 19 with only two strikeouts, six walks, obviously extremely small sample. But yeah, this year in the majors, 195, 305, 367 slash, seven homers, three steals in 81 games. So obviously not ideal. Uh, it does come with a 224 BABIP. I just I think he needs to be more aggressive. Like he's still taking walks. Uh, and he, I mean, he's a versatile defender. He's young. There's good things about him, but um, and you know, his K to walk that's that's really good. But yeah, it was just it, I feel like it was the low end for him, kind of throughout, and it eventually got him demoted. I did like that they gave him some rope. Like they didn't just give him a few weeks and then just send him down when he was you know, struggling in like a 60 at bat sample or something like that. I didn't really think they would do that because it seemed like they needed him a little bit more than the Dodgers would in like a typical year. But yeah, it just wasn't the best. Um, and luckily it wasn't a high enough pick that it really burned me. So were you in on him even before Lux went down? Or 
or did that yeah when was when was that exactly i forget but i was in on him most of the off season so i just forget exactly when it was the lux it was in spring training i want to say it was spring training i'm going off memory too here yeah definitely yeah definitely it was i mean i would say i didn't get him in my first draft or two but then the draft at the drafts after that i was just kind of kind of piling it on and like i said there's still good things i mean he doesn't chase he takes walks he's versatile defensively he's young in a strong org and he's got pedigree you know i mean there's i still think that there's hope like there's good things that could be coming but just strictly this season where i picked him it was a bad pick i didn't even like you know i got back into the fantasy scene late this offseason and as you were telling me, you were high on him. I don't know why, but I could not get myself there with him. And I, I wouldn't say I've said it was a bad pick. I just wasn't really feeling it for going after him there. And I can't even say I was right because I didn't have anything to really back it up. As I look, I'm like 17 homers, 16 steals, solid numbers. Part I, I do pause a little bit and think PCL, but on the same note, it's like, well, he's also going to keep getting younger and bulking up. It was, it's a surprise this year I wasn't expecting this because the hit tool looked like the thing that should be a guarantee and the Dodgers are not the Dodgers of previous years to where the opportunity if I mean if he had even been performing okay he'd still be up so right yeah it 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 just went real wrong and yeah there's plenty there's he he should rebound and yeah should get a shot especially if they spend like 60 million for Otani this offseason they're going to need some cheap options yeah yeah i feel like i'm gonna be in potentially again next season but it'll depend some on the rest of the year because you know if he ends the year strong it's not gonna you know i don't think it's gonna drop off a ton for where he went this year so we'll just kind of see where he ends up but let's say he finished the year strong though and his adp was almost identical to what it was this last year do you think you'd be in possibly yeah okay good talk there my first one is the guy, like, whenever we decided we were doing the subject, this was the guy I knew was going to be on my list, and I got him in two of my three redraft leagues. I took him in the orphan draft when I came back to RM2, and that would be Andres Jimenez. And as I look now, I should have seen the warning signs have been there. Doesn't hit the ball hard. Came off of a... I mean, he also came off a season with 297 with 17 homers and 21 steals. I loved the ADP, which was 80 overall. Um, and this year, the hard-to-hit data, it took a step backwards. He's in the bottom 1% of the league in two categories when it comes to hitting the ball hard. Exit velocity average at 84.7, and his hard-hit percentage is 24.7%. You know, he's played better as of late. And he isn't losing leagues for owners who took him, I don't think. But when I took these notes a couple nights ago, he had eight home runs and 15 steals, a 243 batting average, 316 on base. He's at least playing. And on that, well, heck, for the Guardians offense, he might be what they're, even with these stats, he's probably still their, what, third best player. But I was expecting better. He isn't terrible, but he's not great. I'd grab him if his ADP really tumbled this next year, but I'm not sure it's going to go down enough to get me back in next year. And Andrew, I know you weren't a big Jimenez guy, right? Going into this year, I think I remember you saying he wasn't. No, good. no, I don't. Have, I don't have any shares of him. 
Do you have a guess on where you think he might go in redrafts next year? Because I don't think it's going to be lower than eighty. You know, it's going to be lower than eighty, but I don't feel like he's been that bad for fantasy. I mean, not what you drafted. I want to say he's like the fifteenth, fifteenth uh, ranked second baseman. I was just I was looking right before we started recording. And he was drafted seventh or eighth, but you know, eight homers, fifteen steals in just over a half season. I mean, it's disappointing, but you know, if he ends up with twenty-five to thirty steals, I guess with me, I just I never really believed in the power at all. Mm-hmm. Like last season to me was a little bit out of nowhere. He's always been a prospect, but not one that you would expect to just shoot up like he did kind of last year. So I was just skeptical, and this season, kind of like I mentioned before, I I was really focused on power, just power, power, power. Any guys that I really questioned their power, I wasn't drafting. Like, I mostly was avoiding them. Um, But, yeah, I I don't think he's been terrible, and with, like, a a good – like, a decent to good second half, I think the numbers could be there. But, yeah, maybe, you know, not quite what you paid for him, obviously. No, I, honestly, as you say that, I was thinking of our discussion last week on Corbin Burns. He's not killing you, but on the same note, not quite as what you had hoped either. Right. So that's a that just made that comp. So, all right, who's your number two? So my number two guy, I went with a guy that I actually didn't draft, like kind of the opposite, um, zero shares, and he's been awesome, and that would be Christian Walker. Of the Diamondbacks. Uh, ADP of 128. I kind of, what I kind of saw with him, you know, 32 year old, right handed hitting first baseman, coming off a career year, pretty easily a career year. Mm -hmm. And he's just doing it again. I mean, he's been really even better than he was last year. 265 average, 339 OBP, 519 slug. 20 homers, seven steals, and he's dropped his K rate each of the last three years, 23.8% in 21, 19.6% in 22, 17% this year. Um, And obviously the Diamondbacks offense is on the rise, so that's helped. He's seventh in the NL and RBI. I mean, I've really (laughs) – I pulled up a side-by-side for this season with him and Pete Alonzo, and it's basically the same. Hard hit fly ball percentage, ground ball percentage, uh, pretty much across the board. I mean, Alonzo's been a little bit unlucky with the balls in play, but yeah, it's. I'm definitely surprised. I, I didn't think he was kind of a guy when it was in that range of the draft. I wasn't even looking at him. Like, it just wasn't even a consideration, and I definitely wish I was. He uh, He's been really good. 128 overall was his ADP, so he was a ninth-round pick. It's funny, as you were saying, the reading off his stats, and I was looking at his page on fan graphs, I was thinking to myself, these aren't too far off of Pete Alonso numbers, and then you said it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, it's very it's very similar. I I literally have the side-by-side looking at it, and I mean, they have, they have right now the exact same number of runs scored, um, one, di- you know, one RBI difference, same walk percentage. I mean, it's... and. The other stuff with the batted ball, like I said, the fly ball percentage, ground ball percentage, it's all pretty much in line 
I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he's Pete Alonzo, but if you want to call him Pete Alonzo light, I think it's fine. I mean, he's been really good. Like I said, good offense. Um, I'm not sure where I stand on him like going into next year. That's kind of TBD, but definitely give what he's doing a little more respect because coming into this season, I was just kind of like hands off. A ninth-round pick this last year. I, I mean, looking, if he finishes strong with those RBI and run totals, I would think he's probably a fourth, fifth-round pick-ish next year. You'd think he'd move up a little uh, a ways. And, you know, it reminds me of our draft we did a couple weeks ago with where we take guys. And I think I had Pete Alonzo as a top 30 guy. But, you know, it is kind of, it, it's interesting to think, do I take Alonzo here or you know, wait a couple of rounds and might be able to get Christian Walker. I don't know. Yeah. That's something to think about. Yeah. All right. My number two is a guy who I really was feeling good about after he was showing some health and spring training. And that's Anthony Rendon. Always loved the hitter. He's been so hurt for the last, he's been hurt a lot. I should say for the last few years, always loved the bat. And this spring reports were that he was feeling really good. And I was buying on the idea of him being a rebound candidate. He had an ADP of 227, and I was in on that price. I only got him in one of my three redrafts, but I thought it was a good price. And his 2023 has not been good at all. He's hitting 236 with a 361 on base and a slug of 318. 318 slug. Two home runs, two steals, a 678 OPS. You know, so that got me looking a little bit more into his what the underlying stuff. His barrel percentage is the one thing that really shows is a big step back. His exit velocities, hard hit percentage, they're all decent still. His expected batting average is 263, so a little unlucky. But if you anybody that took Rendon, it's been brutal to have a third base slot if you've been playing them this whole time, and you still are to get two home runs. So. I usually try to come up with a question for you, and this is my question on Rendon. Is Anthony Rendon ever fantasy relevant again, or is this the end? I mean, fantasy relevant. I play in deep enough leagues that he easily could be. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me, but man, it's been it's been really bad. Like he's I've been off of him the last couple of years, and it's funny because early career Rendon was one of my favorites. He was awesome. I loved him. He was so great. Um, even when he was a prospect, I just really liked him, pure hitter, all that stuff. But he has played – I saw a tweet uh, earlier this week, and it was how much they have paid him per at bat, per game, per homer. I'll try and retweet it if I can find it, but it's hilarious. Uh, since the start of 2021, he's played in 35% of the Angels games. 148 games total, so let's just call that a full season. In that, you know, full season, theoretically, it's not a, you know, it's 58 games in 21, 47 games last year, 43 so far this year. He's got 13 homers and four steals, and he's hitting 235. I mean, I, I'm just not even sure he's a good hitter anymore. Yeah. Like, it's been so long. I mean, he, he hasn't played 60 games in a season since 2019. 60. Gee. 
And it's just, yeah, he's just always hurt. I, yeah, I, I just couldn't even buy in. Cause it's one of those where like with hitters, I'm a lot of times the, the injuries are fluky. I feel like, you know, you get hit in the hand, you're out for a while, you know, there's different things with hitters, but he's kind of one where I don't think it's fluky. It more of an exception. And, um, it's just kind of piled up to the point that I don't think that we can think of this Rendon as what we knew of Rendon previously. I, I have no clue because he just hasn't been on the field enough. No. And when he has, he hasn't been that good. So yeah, it's kind of hands off for me. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a him resurface, but I don't know. It's just, I have no idea what to think at this point. Now, 2020 was the shortened season, and he had a really good 2020 playing. Yeah, yeah, he did. I did actually mean to mention that because there was only a – when I say he hasn't played 60 games, obviously the one year there was only 60 games. And he played 52 of them. But you never know if there were 60, he might have had something pop up. But he played really well that year. Yeah. You know what's interesting? You were mentioning what he's done since signing that contract, and – you may know this because I've mentioned it in the RM2 chat that we're in, but after the Nats won the World Series in 2019, Strasburg and Rendon were both free agents, and they both signed the exact same free agent contract. They signed seven-year, $245 million deals with you know Strasburg going to the uh, re-signing with the Nationals at that price and Rendon going to the, to the Angels. Same exact contract price-wise. It's crazy it, to like as bad as Rendon's been, the Nats even got worse on that out of Strasburg. They haven't got they've had a total of thirty innings pitched for their team out of Strasburg. Just two yeah. terrible contracts that went horribly wrong. That yeah, I yeah, it really did. I mean, it's just it's bad luck. I mean, Strasburg did come off of throwing a lot of innings, a career high innings when you count the postseason that year, but neither one of them you could expect this. Disappointing and sad for both. Yeah, definitely. Okay, who's your number three? Uh, my number three is another guy that I had or have a lot of shares of. Um, he went later in drafts, so it hasn't really burned me as much, but. That would be Steven Matz. You know, I've kind of been chasing this guy since after the 2021 season when he, you know, 150 innings, 382 ERA, K per inning. He's always been pretty good K guy that's not gotten in trouble with walks too much. And, you know, he goes from Toronto to St. Louis. Love that. Um I like the context in St. Louis for pitching, generally speaking, good defense behind him. You know, he's above average ground ball guy, all that stuff. And it's just been, it's just been frustrating. Like even after last year, I mean, he's been a guy that's been hurt a ton, you know, but a lot of the underlying metrics have been good. Um, And last year I was in on him, got hurt. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back to the well this year and kind of just thought, you know, they're ignoring how good the defense behind him is. You know, he's been a little unlucky with 345 BABIP. His XFIP is almost a full run lower than his ERA and was two runs lower last year. Obviously, small sample, but 
Yeah, I still I still have some hope for him. I it's kind of gotten to the point though where he isn't really a mainstay in the rotation. I mean, he's back in there now, but he's made appearances out of the pen too. And obviously, if he's a reliever, I have no interest. But it was ADP of 365. So again, not burning me. I, I kind of was taking him anywhere after pick 300, like rounds 21 to 23 as like a mid to back end starter. But yeah, it's just, I haven't had too many weeks this year where I've been able to use him and it's worked out. You know, it just hasn't, it just hasn't been good, but again, not a high enough pick that it burned me. It just is a guy that I have a lot of that hasn't helped me at all. I have him in at least one of my three redrafts and in, I've had him in the dynasty. And I think this is a guy I'm going to keep taking the cheese on too. Like, Everything you, you said, some of the things I was going to say, he's been unlucky. Like, yeah. you know, I'm a Cardinal fan. I live here in Missouri, and there are a lot of Cardinal fans that just despise this guy. And I'm like, man, I get it. He's been bad, but I still see hope in terms of him turning around. And I don't know if it'll be this year. And what he has going for him is next year, the Cardinals have two, like, they have Nicholas and Mats are the only two that are locked into the rotation to start the year. And the only other ones, Libertor, if if he's up. I mean, they got some other guys that are on, you know, coming up, but I don't think they're going to be ready quite yet. Tink Hens is one. But, um, yeah, I, I, they'll, they're going to be active. I fully expect them to either be trying to trade for something here this month to for the future or be aggressive this offseason to add some pitching. But I think he's going to have himself a, a chance at a roster, at a rotation spot next year. I think he'll start the year in the rotation unless it just goes horribly wrong for him in spring training. So, yeah, I think I think he's going to have a much lower ADP. This guy, instead of taking him at pick 300, might be pick 400 to 500. And I think I'll still be in on him. I, I, I'll probably yeah, bite one I, more time. I probably will be too. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's there's things there, but it has been rough. There's no doubt. Yeah, and a sinker ball pitcher in St. Louis is a good combo because they have a good defensive infield. Too. Right. So right. it just it seems like it should work, but yeah, that's been my feeling the whole time. And I know he's had injury issues, like separate from that, you know. I, but you're getting him at a at a good cost, you know, it's just, yeah, it's even at that cost. I just, I haven't had, like, I've got him in draft and holds in a lot of spots and I, I, I haven't had too many, like there's teams where I have to use him just because mm-hmm. I have so many injuries, but not that many, honestly. And there's been a, there's way more teams where it's like, ah, I just don't, I can't use him or don't want to use him, you know? Yep. It's been rough. All right. My third one is a surprise that I didn't want any shares of, and that would be an old favorite of mine and yours. That would be Whit Merrifield. I thought he was cooked last year. Yeah, hit 250 with a sub 300, a 298 on base, 375 triple sl- um, slug. So that was his triple slash with 11 homers and 16 steals. And it got ugly for him, especially after he was traded to Toronto. I think he was, like, they were expecting him to be an everyday player, and he was playing so poorly, I don't think they even were playing him every day, if I recall right. This year, he's rewarded owners who have taken him. Hit, he's hit 292 with a 347 on base, 404 slug, um, with six home runs and 19 steals. The new rules for stealing bases has definitely helped him out. 
um, for the price you paid, it's been a nice. It's been nice. A WRC plus of one eleven compared to eighty nine last year. I honestly thought by this point of the year he'd be a part time player again for Toronto. Instead, he's playing well. But all that said, I feel despite that, Witt has a very similar warning. War, has very similar warning signs like Jimenez. Exit velocity bottom four percent of the league. Hard hit percentage bottom five percent. Hitting 292, but a 258 ex- expected batting average. He's definitely rewarded owners, but I don't think I'm going to be buying in next year, especially because I'm sure his price will even be higher. What are, what are your thoughts on Witt? Yeah, I think I'm with you. I mean, I'm curious to see where he goes, but when guys get to this age and they're – main fantasy appeal is stolen bases. I don't really want anything to do with it. And I I think it's just because, or I know it's just because if you're not hitting the ball hard and there's, you know, obviously aging and all of those things, when the steals dry up, it's over, you know, and they haven't dried up this year. They, they definitely have, I mean, 19 steals in 87 games, um, and I think he's been caught seven times, so he's even, you know, running at a pretty good clip, which surprises me a little on Toronto. They, I think they, they've, in terms of stolen base attempts, I think they've been around average this year, or a little above, but they, they didn't run a lot last year. So I think that was part of it too, but yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be in on wit anymore going forward at all. Like, especially if other people are we'll see you know like thinking about guys this far down like exactly where they're going to fall in ADP you know maybe if it's a team where I've constructed it in a sense and I get to a spot and I really need steals and he's just dropping and dropping potentially but yeah I don't know I when these steals get to be you know like last year 16 and 139 games that's not enough for me yeah like especially you know, kind of where he's been going, even at the lower cost than he was when he was in his prime. You're focusing more on power and, you know, that like you said this year. And if you're doing that again next year, Witt does not provide much of that. You can't count on a lot at this point. Yeah. And it was different when he was getting 40 steals, you uh-huh. know, like that's that's totally different. But yeah, I just it's hard to know, I think, what to count on steals wise. And obviously everything else is in question, too. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some pitcher streaming options and a couple call-ups. We'll be right back. And we are back. Andrew, we had a couple call-ups this week I thought we should talk about real quick. Um, these are guys that um, there's a chance could be available in some leagues, um, especially in the more shallow leagues on one of them. And then Encarnacion Strand in, like your, in your draft champions, I'm assuming he'll be available. So let's talk about him first. Encarnacion Strand, Christian Encarnacion Strand, that is, with Cincinnati, who has had a heck of a year in AAA, 20 home runs, um, in the down there in triple a I, I over 300 average i didn't write it down i, I want to say it was really around three three thirty 
Already has one in Cincinnati this week. How aggressive would you be in leagues with Fab like your main event? He, um, you know, he's walking more. He's striking out less in AAA this year. Best in any state he's had throughout his entire like professional ball. Yeah, I think if you need power, especially, he's a pretty good ad. I mean, obviously the park con- the park and team context are good, and you're just you're not. I mean, how often are we getting guys that come in and could provide a boost like this? So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say right now with specific fab bids because in a lot of the leagues I'm in, (laughs) nobody has any fab left. You know, it's just you're working with a smaller number of dollars. But, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely be bidding on him. He's available in my main event. I don't know exactly how much, but, yeah, I'll definitely be bidding. So, yeah, that that is a thing. I mean, everybody's fab, like we were talking about last week, is down lower. Would you, like, let me ask this way. Do you, if you've got, like, is this one where you're basically, like, if you're down to, let's just say you're down to $220 or $150, like, would you be at the point where if there are $0 bids allowed, you'd use the last of it on them or pretty close to that? Or I don't know if you'd go to that. There's a... Yeah, there's not $0 bids in any of these NFBCs, so that makes it harder. I yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I I always have to have a little bit to maneuver, so I wouldn't do that, but I don't know, maybe 20 to 40%. Eh, no, probably not 40%. But yeah, 20 to 30% maybe if you really need them. I'm most of my teams I'm pretty good in power, so I don't know how much I'll be bidding, but like I said, I will definitely be bidding. I mean, so, I, you kind of have to with him being up, playing Reds, the ballpark, all that. Like I said, it's you have to bid on him. So when, when I was using an example saying you had like 220 or 150, are you saying 20 to 40% of that, basically? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just want to make sure yeah, we're I've on got the same a, page. I've got 102, so... but. Power is kind of the least of my needs, so I don't. I don't know how crazy. I'll, I probably won't bid that much, but that's fair. Whenever you you know somebody else could be coming up, or there could be something changing at this trade deadline that does help you and that fits you more. I understand holding back on that situation. Uh, the other call up this week is Grayson Rodriguez, who was awful in the I think until he was demoted sometime in late May. I want to say. Um, started pitching better the last couple weeks in the minor leagues, and um, he was called up. He had a two-start week this week. As we're recording, he's only had one of those starts. He had a tough matchup Monday against the Dodgers. Started well. I was really impressed when I tuned in in like the second, third inning that I was seeing his off-speed located really well. I was like, okay, this is what I like. That's what was missing from him early in the year. Looked really good and. And then he got hit around as uh, like fourth, I think it was like fifth or sixth inning and got yanked. And his line didn't look as good as he started out. Let's say he gets hit around this weekend at Tampa, um, which is another tough matchup. Next week lines up to be at home against the Yankees. And my question for you is, is he a definite start or is there some pause there? And, 
you know, again, I'll mention like his for the year right now in the majors, he has a 7.33 ERA and a 1.748 whip. So he is destro- like he's been a ratio killer so far this year. Yeah, I don't I, – I, he's been pretty unlucky. I mean, 380 Babbitt begins, 65% strand rate, um, 388 XFIP. I – His XFIP I mean, is 388? Yeah. I mean, it's only 50 innings, so it's all kind of – it's a little wonky when the samples are that low, but just to give you an idea. I mean, I I think I would start him, yeah. I mean, if if he's starting – I don't want to miss the start, you know, that's, and, and the other thing is, and I always go back to this, who are you starting over? Like your seventh starter is probably a guy that is nowhere near as talented as Grayson Rodriguez. So, I mean, if you have a loaded pitching staff, maybe you sit him, but I think in most instances, 15 team leagues and higher, you're using him, even if he doesn't pitch great against Tampa. That seems like a really good segue into our next bit, which we're going to talk about two-star pitchers and streamers. And we're going to pick our winner from this, and then I'm going to ask you if you're going to play him over Grayson Rodriguez here. So I've compiled off of just looking at the fan tracks projected, like where people are projected to pitch, and I've got some two-star pitchers here I picked um, that are under 50% owned, and I have the some matchup for single starts that I thought looked okay that I put for and that are also under 50% owned and we're going to play a him or him game and run down this. So I don't know, do you would you rather me list all of these off to you at once and or would you rather us like pick the top 2, play him or him with either one and then go to the next guy? Which would you be your preference, Andrew? I think if you read them all off it's going to be a lot, so maybe yeah. Okay, we'll yeah. go through this slowly. So we're going to start off with two guys that are both 43% owned. Patrick Corbin, who has a good home matchup against the Rockies. That's always when anytime they're on the road, they're not near as good. Then he pitches at the Mets against somebody we just talked about, Steven Matz, who is at Arizona and home Cubs. If you got to pick one of those two, which one? I don't really want to start either one, but I'd probably I'd probably go with Mats. Okay, so Mats versus Christopher Sanchez with the Phillies, home Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Sanchez. Okay. He's. What about Brandon Belak? He has pitched real well in his previous three starts, including a five and two thirds shutout in Colorado on Wednesday night. His ERA is now three point four six, but he's got two tough matchups here: home Texas. Home Tampa Bay. Yeah, I would stick with Sanchez there. Okay. So we got Sanchez versus, um, I'm going to guess Sanchez is winning the rest of this then. So I'm going to list off the next three here. Austin Gomber with Colorado at Washington, home Oakland. Then we got Michael Grove, home Toronto, home Cincy. And then Trevor Williams, home Colorado at Mets. Yeah, yeah, I would go with Sanchez of those guys. He's been pretty good. I Like Gomber... I never look at Austin Gombert. Like, I don't even look at him. I think he would have to have a good half season for me to even look at him. Like, I just don't even care who he's facing. I don't remember um, a year or two years ago, he was having a pretty good run there for a little bit, especially in, like, road starts to where he was relevant. But it has been a while. Yeah. Yeah, I would go with uh, I would go with Sanchez the bunch. Obviously, you don't love 
the Baltimore start, but you like the Pittsburgh start, and he's been pretty good, so I would go with him. Okay, so we got Christopher Sanchez. Let's run down some solo starts here. We got Alex Wood with San Francisco, home Oakland. Sanchez over one or one start Alex Wood. Hmm. I think that's pretty close. Wood hasn't matchup. been Wood hasn't been good though. Like that's where I pause. So I probably would use Wood because there's always when you're dealing with pitchers of this level, there's always potential damage they can really do. Mm-hmm. So I probably would use Wood knowing that I mean, one start, you can do less damage than two, and it is at home against Oakland. So that, but I don't feel strongly about it. I could go either way. You got me looking up Wood's stats because I'm like, I don't even know how he's doing. I tell you, have you been been reading off these percentages owned? Yes. Uh, Some of them. Most of them I have. Because I am, well, go ahead and I'll finish. Go ahead and finish and I'll make my point, I guess. And this is all off of Fantrax leagues. Um, Reese Olsen, 39% owned, home the Angels. Yeah, I'd go with Olsen. Okay, so we're now to Olsen. Cutter Crawford, 36% at San Fran. I think these are my two, but just purely on the matchup, I would go Olsen. It might be a situation where if you can pick both up, I don't know. It's pretty close, I think. Well, I guess I'll make the point now because we're on these two. I have no clue how Reese Olsen and Cutter Crawford are under 40% owned. That is insanity to me. me. I actually went I actually went and looked to make sure that you even had it right. <laughs> I only looked at Crawford. I didn't look at Olsen, but did I have it yeah, right? Yeah, they're they're owned in Yeah, you had it right. Okay. They're owned in every league I play in. Like they're not even I think Olsen was available a few weeks ago in my 12-team online championship on NFBC, but even on my Fantrax leagues, with just with Crawford, I looked, owned in every league. I, I can't pick these guys up. So it, like, blows my mind, these percentages. I'm like, man, if you could pick up Reese Olsen and Cutter Crawford right now, I would do it for yeah. sure. It might, it might be more redraft leagues with less lower yeah. teams. Stuff yeah, like maybe, that. like, 10-teamers or I don't know. But, yeah, I was just surprised at the percents. And then the last two, I'm assuming, are not going to be choices. We got Ben Lively uh, at Milwaukee and Jake Irvin, who does pitch with Colorado on the road. Uh, like he's pitching co- at home against Colorado, Rocky Road, as some people like to call it. Yeah, I think I would go Olsen, uh, Olsen definitely over those guys. Olsen over, or Olsen, Crawford, and I think Wood and Sanchez would be right behind there out of those. What do you think? Who do you like out of all of them? Good question. I honestly wasn't really. You, I'm supposed to put it together. You're supposed to be the one. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's I think Sanchez That's actually is interesting. I think Sanchez, it again, depends. If you really need strikeouts, I'd chase the two strikeouts or the two starts in, in Sanchez. Definitely Sanchez over Matt's. Just because Matt's it's been so bad. And he had a good Matt's had a good matchup in his last start and he again was terrible last weekend. And I had him plugged in there yeah. in the league. And it hurt. I, I think it was the Nationals last weekend. I, I might have that wrong, but I was I was like, this could be a good start. And he again didn't like didn't perform. So yeah, I think it would be either Sanchez if ratios are more important to you right now 
and you've got you're doing really well in strikeouts. I do like the idea of Crawford or, or Olsen there. Alex Wood has been pretty brutal. I didn't realize how bad he's been until you said it. So yeah, I think I'd go Olsen. Yeah, Olsen Olsen's just been I mean, he's been dynamite. Like one oh one whip over a K per inning. I don't know how he's sitting out there in but he does Over have forty percent of modern day Babe Ruth and Shohei Otani. Right, correct, yeah, and nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, so um, last question then: Olson versus a two star or a Grayson Rodriguez? Is there any pause? Let's say Grayson gets like similar line this weekend that he had versus on Monday. Yeah, Tampa. yeah, that's 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 pretty close. I think I would probably go Olsen. Yeah, I th- I think it's fair. I mean, the ratios with Grayson have not been good, and if it's another week where yeah. he's struggling to get like through the fifth inning and got a lot of base runners, yeah, I think I think I. Yeah, I mean, if I had both rostered and had to pick one, I may go Olsen. But if it was like they were both available to me on waivers, I'm I'm probably picking Grayson up. Oh, you know, if I had agree. if I had to pick. It's not always about the current week necessarily, but mm-hmm. in this, yeah, if I had them both rostered and just could only start one. What about Cutter Olsen. Crawford? You said him and Olsen were close, so Crawford versus Grayson. Is Grayson's at home? Um, Let me go scroll back up and look. I know I wrote it down. Home New York, yep. Yeah, I'd probably go Grayson. Okay. Because Crawf- Crawford's on the road. I. Yes. Little little things like that. Yeah, I'd probably go Grayson. Yeah, that matters. Okay, that was fun. Good conversation there. Um, next week, we're going to have a little more fun. This week was the negative, talking about guys we missed. Next week, we're going to talk about guys we hit on. So we get to pat ourselves on the back as compared to kick ourselves a little bit for the ones we missed yeah. on. Yeah, that'll be more fun, I think. <laughs> Given the success you're having in leagues, you might be able to talk for two hours just on your own, guys. So I might not even need to come up with a list. That's my hope. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a few in mind. We'll see. We'll narrow it down. Yeah. Well, thanks again to everybody for listening. We always appreciate you guys taking some time, hang out with us. And until next week, take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 